Hey, Business Building Warrior, it's Jim, and I've got an episode today that has a little bit to do with current affairs, looking into the future, prognosticating just a bit, which I try not to do a whole lot of. But to me, I can see some things playing out, and I feel like it's pretty clear, pretty predictable. And I kind of called where we're at now a long time ago, and I see us heading in the same trajectory on a few different issues, and I thought it might be useful. This is a podcast dedicated and committed to helping business-building warriors use the internet creatively to build incredible businesses, to find financial freedom, flexibility, all of those things. So I see it as part of doing that, not just sharing, hey, here's what works right now, but here's where things are going from my perspective. I've been doing this 20 years. I've seen a lot of things come and go thousands of students. I've seen people fail. I've seen them succeed wildly. I've been surprised on both ends of the spectrum by people that I thought were doing amazing things that ended up crashing and burning. And people that I thought were doing unwise, silly things ended up succeeding. So I've kind of combined all those lessons into shaping my philosophy, so to speak, of what it means to succeed online. And one of the things I want to talk about today is finding the inflation-proof business model is it possible? Is there one out there? You know, inflation's here. It's coming. Many, many, many of us were saying, hey, it's inevitable, while many other people said, no, you're crazy. It's not coming. It's transitory inflation or whatever the term was they used. Like, it's only going to be here for a short time. No, it's not. <laughs> Anybody who's still thinking that or saying that is on the fringe. I would call them the conspiracy theorists at this point, somebody who says that this is all transitory inflation. No, here's what happened, guys. Uh, in the United States, we added about 40% to our money supply. We increased our money supply by 40%. Unprecedented. In world history, no nation has ever generated that much cash on a printing press and thrown it into the wind. And it had an impact. We're starting to see it. It always takes a year or two for the full effect of inflation to start to be felt. And that's about where we're at now. It's probably going to get a lot worse by his historical precedent, meaning prices are going to continue to climb. So this is my attempt to address a topic that uh, rather than bring it up on Facebook, rather than invite political debate, which we don't allow in our group, I have the unfair advantage. I'm the only guy with the microphone. I might say some things you disagree with. We can still be friends, right? You can think I'm a little crazy in some areas, but man, he's good at teaching people how to succeed in e-commerce. That's cool. I'm fine with that. If you think less of me for one of my opinions that I'm going to share today, I'm sure you've probably got some opinions that I would slightly disagree with too. And I think we can still be friends. As long as you don't want to take me out, I promise I don't want to take you out. Hey, let's be friends. But I do have some pretty blunt things to share on today's episode. What's behind all of it is wanting the best for you. I want you to succeed. I want you to have stability of income. I want you to see Amazon opportunity through the lens that I'm using to see it. One of the things you don't have to look far to hear right now, a lot of people saying is uh, you, your money's losing value quickly. In times of high inflation, you might as well be burning a few $50 bills every day. Whatever you've got in store, just burn them because if you've got cash on hand, it's slowly diminishing in value and it's going away. And I could do a little mini lesson on the historical perspective. This isn't so much my opinion, but the historical perspective of any time you've ever seen inflation, what's caused it, what leads to it, and how countries get out of it. But that would drift more into an economic slash 
political conversation. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time there. I really want to do get to the meat of today, which again is what model of Amazon selling can best help you navigate through a time of hyperinflation and even possibly benefit from it as we see prices rising. But to do that, I feel like I first need to convince everyone that this is a topic worthy of your attention and time. Because like I just said, if you haven't read it yet or haven't been paying a lot of attention, even the experts who are telling us that inflation isn't scary, those experts who are saying, yeah, we can print a bunch of money and give it away to everybody and the prices won't go up, all those experts are slowly flipping into the camp of, uh, time out, guys, we got to do something about inflation. <laughs> it's here. It's happening. Prices are going up. There's not a lot we can do to stop it right now. So invest in hard assets. You might hear people saying, you know, get gold, buy property, even the used cars that we have. It's crazy. You know, my my son bought some trucks for his landscaping business and they've gone up in value, even though he's beat the crud out of them for a couple of years. Like, what is that about? And some people may go, oh, that's awesome. You know, the assets are increasing in value. No, to even stay break even the buying power of your dollar is losing. It's losing its ability. What used to cost a dollar now costs a buck 20, a buck 30. Prices are going up. So the ability to hold on to an asset and have it increase in value, really, that's just kind of stay and break even. You need to be in a business model that allows you to keep your nose above water. And that's what Amazon replans represents to me. Now, not all Amazon selling models and not all e-commerce businesses represent the key elements of what I'm about to share with you. You see, if you're in, we saw this during the beginning of COVID where some things just sold like crazy and other things, you've heard it on this podcast, people who sold travel related products or anything education related or anything that could be considered kind of optional. We even divided our culture into workers who were kind of unnecessary and the workers that were necessary. Like we had to have these guys these guys aren't as important. And we were kind of as a culture trying to decide who's the necessary workers and who are the unnecessary workers. And we're putting people into camps and we insulted people on both sides. So we're kind of doing that with products. As we get into a time where people are holding on to their money a little more tightly because they're confused and concerned, what are they going to spend money on? We don't know exactly where those lines will be drawn, but wouldn't it be great if you were in a business where you are flexible enough that you could sell whatever happens to be in demand at any given time. You could find it. Now, let me just address the ethics of that for just a moment, because every time I bring this topic up of selling whatever's in demand and not selling stuff that's not in demand, inevitably there's five to 10% of the crowd who would like to raise their hand and say, well, is that ethical? Or buying low and selling high, is that ethical during a time of intense need and people need things and you're out there clear in the shelf, you know, just trying to profiteer and price gouging. So I won't spend a lot of time on that subject because during the beginning of COVID, we talked about it a lot. I don't think what we're about to go through is going to be quite that intense. I hope not. But during that time, I did discuss the ethics. And when I say ethics, it's not Jim's ethics. I've studied biblical interpretation of ethics when it comes to money and business probably as much as anyone you know in your circle of friends. I've studied it a lot. And so I'm going to speak through that lens. So if you see that as garbage, I would say, you know, present to me a better foundation for Western civilization ethics. I think you're going to struggle to find one. 
Uh, that's the popularity of guys like Jordan Peterson right now, by the way. He's, he's out there saying things, and he's not a Christian, by the way, by any means, but he's saying things like all of Western civilization and the ethics that we rely on every day, they all come from the Judeo-Christian ethic, the Bible. Everything's built on that individual sovereignty, that there is such a thing as good and evil. You know, these, these concepts have all been drawn out of and built upon Western civilization. Civilization as we know it around the world is built on these concepts. So I'm drawing from that. Regardless of your worldview, I'm going to draw from that. So what are the ethics of buying low, selling high? If it's a product that people really need, should you be able to make a profit? And I would say without going real deep into this. Again, there's going to be a lot of subjects I wish I could go deep on, but I will just give you the premise and you can do your own research or call me crazy, either one, but it's all taking this to a conclusion, okay? So my premise here is based on the biblical ethic that there's only two ways to build a business. There's only two ways to make a profit by serving your fellow man, which is what business is, by the way. And again, if you haven't heard me say it recently, it's impossible to build a profitable business without dramatically and positively improving the lives of countless other people. It's impossible. Just think that one through. It can't be done. It never has been done. It never will be done. You can't build a profitable business with happy customers. Maybe we need to put that caveat in there because if you're out there selling you know, the cure to cancer and it turns out to be a total scam, well, of course you don't have happy customers. I'm talking about businesses that are making a profit, doing voluntary transactions. It's impossible to run a profitable business without dramatically and positively improving the lives of countless others. And from a Judeo-Christian biblical ethic, there's only two ways to do that, with your hands or with your feet. And I had a whole episode dedicated to this. Maybe I'll stick it in the show notes if it's of interest to you. The whole buying low, selling high thing, and hands and feet being the concept. So what's hands and feet? Well, you can either make something, serve with, yeah, I would include in that, you know, use your voice to talk to people if you're a counselor or give them advice, legal advice, or write something down or shape something or build something or make something, right? You're using your hands. You're using your blood, sweat, tears, if you will, in the creation of something. But that model relies very much on the other model. The hands model relies on the feet model for a lot of the delivery mechanism, and that means people who move stuff from point A to point B. The best example I've ever heard is if we take an iceberg from the middle of the North Atlantic and we transport it somehow to the middle of the Sahara Desert where there's a village there that could really use some water, well, we've just created considerable value. You can make a profit doing that. And again, if you make a profit, it's evidence that you've dramatically and positively improved the lives of countless other people. It's the only way to make a profit. There's no other way to make a profit, unless you're lying, cheating, and stealing to do it, of course, and that's illegal activity. That's not actual profit. That was theft. <laughs> so if you're profiting, it means you're serving well. So let's take that as our premise. There's only two ways to make a profit. And us as third-party sellers, well, we're using our feet. We're using the foot model. We're not creating a lot of stuff. That's the private label model, creating a new, better mousetrap. Some of our more advanced sellers do get into that. We really discourage new sellers from trying to go into that invention mentality and taking a big risk, trying to invent a new product or launch a brand new concept on Amazon or online. It's just not a necessary risk. That's the way business has been done for thousands of years. You got to invent something new and bring it to the market. Well, it's just not as necessary now. Now the little guy can play the role of a third-party middleman distributor adding a lot of value, taking products from a place just like that iceberg, from a place of 
low or no perceived value. An iceberg floating in the middle of the North Atlantic right now, nobody has any value in that. It's just sitting there. It's a big chunk of ice. It's worthless to anybody. But you use your feet or transportation. You move it from the bottom shelf at Walmart where no one's buying it to Amazon where a lot of people want to buy it. You're taking that iceberg to a place of higher perceived or actual value. You've created a lot of potential there for profit, which again, profit means you're dramatically and positively improving the lives of a whole bunch of people by moving it from point A to point B. Now, we talked a lot about, well, what about price gouging? What if you're the guy with the last case of water? Should you be selling those for $100? Is that unethical? Well, I'll leave that for you to decide because I don't think any of us are talking about selling the last case of water on planet Earth to thousands of people that want it and how you handle that appropriately and ethically. I'm not going to dive into that today. I would argue that taking some products off the shelf where they're priced at price A and moving them to a different shelf where they're priced at price B, a place of low perceived or actual demand to a place of higher perceived or actual demand, being Amazon, that is an ethical thing. You're creating a ton of value. Those people who can't get out, don't want to go out. They're busy. They've got a busy life. They've got a lot of kids and a full-time job. They want to hit a few buttons. They're happy to pay you a few extra dollars for all that work you did sourcing your products online or from store shelves. You're creating tremendous value. And I would even argue, just think this one through with me for a moment. Remember when COVID was at its peak and almost nobody was going out? Well, guess who was going out still? Hitting the stores, keeping things moving. Instead of stuff rotting on the shelf, they were getting it onto the shelves of Amazon. See, the traditional modes of delivery and transportation, the supply chain wasn't ready for COVID. Who helped adjust it? Third-party sellers, tens of thousands of us. We took the stuff that was sitting there that no one was grabbing and got it out to where someone could easily grab it, the shelf they could easily grab. I'm not talking about the high in-demand stuff where everyone rushes in when the doors open and clears the shelf. You don't have to play in that arena if you don't want to. It's simply not necessary. I don't. I don't want to ever have to rush in front of an old lady to buy anything. If I ever do, I'm going to let her go first, right? It's just not necessary. I'm talking about that mid-tier demand and the middle of the bell curve, if you would, on these in-demand products where they've got 50 of them at the local Walmart. They're selling a couple a day. Hey, I'll go grab 10 or 15 of those, put them on Amazon, make a few dollars doing it. Those opportunities by the millions. Now, why am I excited about this model specifically? Because remember, this is a conversation about inflation, and Amazon opportunity. To be very specific, now's not the time, in my opinion, to try to invent a new leisure item product. That time may come a few years from now, possibly. My opinion right now, if you're talking about a new leisure item type product that you want to introduce, a new travel type item, you know, the the fun activities on the weekends when people get out and do things, you're creating a new product, you know, a new product for campers or for adventure hikers or, you know, I don't think we're heading into an era where we're going to see more of that kind of thing. I think we're going to head into an era where people are looking at their money very tightly. They're very concerned. They're buying the things they need. They still appreciate the convenience of shopping online. The numbers back us up on that one. So wouldn't it be nice to have a business model? And this is where I kind of start to get to my point. A business model where you can determine with relative ease and accuracy what types of products are selling at a very decent sell-through rate month over month. You can look at the history. You can see it. You know, we've got COVID in our history now. We can see what sells well when things get a little crazy. 
And you can get access to those items at price A and sell them at price B, which is a nice markup that leaves a profit for you. Wouldn't it be nice to be in a business model where you're just constantly shuffling through, almost panning for gold, looking for those great items where you can do this? Buy at point A, sell at price B. If it stops selling well for you, you stop selling it because you're not going super deep into any one item. Hey, Business Building Warrior, sorry for the quick interruption. Just wanted to make sure and remind you about our tremendous sponsor, Payoneer.com. If you need funding, up to $750,000, flexible repayment terms, no credit check. They love Amazon and Walmart sellers. They want to help you grow. Payoneer.com slash funding for 10% off the fees. Be sure to tell them we sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. Wouldn't it be nice to be in a business model where you're just constantly shuffling through, almost panning for gold, looking for those great items where you can do this? Buy at point A, sell at price B. If it stops selling well for you, you stop selling it because you're not going super deep into any one item. It's almost like, imagine if you could run a Walmart and you, you know, I'm just using Walmart because they're big and everyone's familiar with what they are. Let's imagine if you could run a Walmart in such a way that the only products you had on your shelf were the profitable products. And trust me, Walmart would do this if they could. The thing is, they have to guess constantly and they've got competitors. So they got to sell milk in the back of the store at a loss to get you to come in and buy some of the higher price point products. Those are called loss leaders in the retail industry. Every retail store has loss leaders, bunches of them. Items they're selling at a loss to get people in the door so that they'll buy the higher margin items and they can make a profit that way. Every, 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 every store does it. If you didn't realize that, welcome to the reality of retail. But wouldn't it be great if you could run a store online and you didn't have to host a server, you didn't have to set up a website, you didn't have to deliver the products yourself. You could just go out and pick products that are high margin winners throw out all the loss leaders. See, if Walmart did that, nobody would go to Walmart. But we can do that because we run virtual stores. We've set up on Amazon. They handle the customer support and all the pain, painful aspects of having a store. So we get the privilege of just picking the high margin items. And if something stops being a high margin item for us, well, we stop selling it. Let someone else sell it. That's okay until the price comes back up, until the supply and demand curves drives that price back up, we're not interested. So we've got a model that really sustains extremely well through a time of inflation from my vantage point, because you can take whatever money you have set aside, doesn't have to be a lot. We have people that start with just a few dollars, but rather than letting those dollars sit under your mattress, which is about the same as sitting in a bank these days, and just kind of vanishing slowly, Remember, just burn a $50 bill. <laughs> you got a few thousand dollars in the bank, you might as well just burn a $50 bill every day because that's what's happening. Rather than letting that happen, how about we put it into some physical goods where the worst case scenario is you're going to about break even. The best case scenario is you're going to make some money. You're going to keep up with inflation or stay well ahead of it if you do the game right. And that's what we train people how to do. We've got a great video that's completely free in our Facebook group. I'll stick a link to it in the show notes today that walks through how easy it is to find what we call replens. And a lot of people, when they hear the word replens, they think, oh, this must be like vitamins or things that people buy over and over again. 
a replen or a replenishable is from the seller's perspective, meaning if I sell a few, I'm going to go buy a few more. It doesn't matter what it is, what the product is. It could be in any category on Amazon. As long as I'm selling a few a month and I'm buying a few more, I'm buying them at full retail, selling them for a nice profit. These products are all over Amazon. These ASINs, these individual listings are all over Amazon. And we teach you as you heard, as you've heard on this podcast, dozens and dozens of interviews with our students doing this model lately, building incredible businesses because they've learned how to look at Amazon data the way that we show them to see the products that are nice and stable from a number of sales per month and a nice stable price profit. You can go find them easily, locally, pay full retail price, and you're selling them to very happy customers on Amazon who are grateful for the service you're providing them and the convenience. Because what I think we're going to see a lot of, as I'm, this is me prognosticating again, talking about the future again, you're going to see pockets of excess inventory and pockets of not enough inventory all over the place. And if you can move that product from point A to point B, you can make a lot of money doing it. And instead of just letting your money sit, you're putting it into physical goods that are going up in value constantly. My aunt, a little shout out to my aunt Susie, made the observation here a couple months ago and said, hey, it won't be long if inflation continues that every product on Amazon is going to be a good replan. We, don't, we won't even need Keepa. I think it was Ruben, <laughs> Ruben that said that on our team as well. Uh, you know, we won't even need to do anything out and just go buy something, hold it for long enough. As long as it doesn't expire, it's going to be worth more tomorrow. And he's kind of right. I mean, you can go back and look at Japan in the early 70s. That's the last time a nation kind of went through something similar to what I think we're about to see in the U.S. and what we are seeing, where, you know, the, you hear the stories of women getting up as early as they can in the morning with their money and rushing to the store because they knew if they waited till the end of the day, the prices would be higher. And we're seeing that kind of the threats of, we've already seen some, but we're seeing more of that kind of inflation because, again, we increased our money supply by 40%. So instead of being the person that's rushing to the store clinging to their last few dollars, how about you build a business so that you can keep up. You need to put your money into a business, into hard assets. And this isn't financial advice right now, but I think this does kind of lean. You haven't heard me talk a lot about crypto currencies. I think we're going to see those coming on a lot stronger, in my opinion. Just to drop a little teaser for you, I think one of the best, if you want to spend about an hour, hour and a half on what I think was one of the best conversations I've ever heard, on the topic of crypto. I love Jordan Peterson's podcast episode. It's from a few months ago. You can find it. It was titled The Immaculate Conception of Bitcoin. Great, great podcast. And it's great for two reasons. I'll set the teaser up here. And uh, again, I'm not saying go buy Bitcoin or go buy crypto, although I have very eagerly and excitedly got it bought into it. I love the concept. I'm fully supportive of it for this reason. It allows consenting adults to do trade. It's nobody else's business if I'm buying and selling something. Anyway, to a little sidebar, it cracks me up that our culture practically yells from the top of any possible stand they can find themselves on, any soapbox or any commercial or any you know, social media messages. Consenting adults can do whatever they want to do. And everyone cheers. Yes, that's right. Consenting adults, complete liberty and freedom to do what they want to do. But you try to apply that to financial transactions and somehow there's 15 people that got to step in the middle <laughs> suddenly. <laughs> like, oh, wait, why is that happening? If, you know, if I want to go to a yard sale right now, thankfully, I can still go to the yard sale, give the lady $10 cash for a cool lamp and boom, she's happy, I'm happy. End of transaction. 
Well, no, with any other kind of monetary transaction now, there's all kinds of regulatory agencies and people stepping in all to, of course, to protect the consumer, but it eats a ton of the profit out of the transaction and the fun out of the transaction for vote for both parties. You know, all these middlemen stepping in, government entities and regulatory agencies. And now sure, some of that's useful and needed perhaps, but consenting adults should be able to make exchanges. Well, crypto, all it is, is the ability for consenting adults to exchange funds in a very secure fashion. Zero fraud possible. And here, get this. This is why I like it. Zero inflation possible. There will never be inflation with crypto. It's literally impossible because there's a limited supply. And once the supply is found, and not, not with crypto, I'm sorry, with Bitcoin. Now, with other cryptos, they can make more, they can print more, they can burn some. And, you know, there's committees of people who are in charge of those things. Just like with the US dollar, there's somebody in charge, there's a committee in charge of making more, printing more, and it's hard to resist that temptation. But with Bitcoin specifically, my favorite crypto, Bitcoin, the original crypto, there's only so much. And it's set up in such a way that nobody can ever make more. They can't invent more. Once it's all mined, you know, we've, you've got a coin. The only way to get a coin is to use some sort of traditional currency and get a portion of a coin from somebody that has one. Once it's found, it's found. There's no possibility of inflation with Bitcoin. That's why I like it. And I think since we're talking about inflation, it was worth bringing up. Go listen to that episode, like I mentioned, the Jordan Peterson episode, The Immaculate Conception of Bitcoin. He has an incredible expert, very articulate, very historically grounded and knowledgeable that got me excited. Uh, what it did when I listened to him was it dropped my excitement about virtually every crypto out there except for Bitcoin. There's a reason that's the best. Light years ahead of all the other ones put together, in my opinion, because of the way it's engineered and because of the safeguards around it. And people have spent hundreds of millions of dollars trying to crack it and haven't been able to yet. Zero fraud. It's been beautiful. Now, of course, you'll always have people trying to do illegal things and getting people's passwords and things like that. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about as long as your password is protected and you got it locked up, that money's not going anywhere. Nobody can take it. I even heard about that guy in Germany. The government was coming after all his assets. So he bought a bunch of crypto and locked it up and the government couldn't do anything about it. They can't get it. There's no way for them to get access to it. They can't freeze his funds in a bank account, right? So I'm not encouraging illegal activity. I'm just encouraging free market transactions between consenting adults. And crypto seems to be, especially specifically Bitcoin, seems to be a great way to make that happen. So study up on that too, possibly as part of your homework. But let me sum up what I covered today. And hopefully you found this interesting and encouraging even because I'm not pessimistic. I'm not concerned or worried. I'm just saying now's not the time to, you know, just like the parable of the talents in the Bible. <laughs> you know, if you're not familiar with it, if one guy got $5 million, another guy got $2 million, another guy got a million dollars. And the master who had given out the $8 million said, hey, I'll be back soon. And I want to see what you've done with it. So one guy buried it in the backyard, his 1 million, he just buried it thinking, okay, when the guy comes back, at least I'll give him back what I was given originally. That wasn't good enough. The guy who'd given him the cash on loan was not pleased at all. Possibly they had some inflation. That million dollars was only worth 700,000 now. He wasn't happy. Burying it is just meanings you're gonna lose some of it over time. Of course, uh, if you've read that story, it's in Matthew 25, I believe, in the Bible. The guy who gave 5 million and the guy who he gave 2 million to, well, they both doubled. And he was very happy about that. I think they went out and put it into investments, businesses. They grew it. They did things with it. So keep your money moving. Look at hard goods. 
I would make a very, very strong case that you'd be very wise to learn the replens model of selling on Amazon because you're not buying products that you hope maybe might sell someday. You're buying products that you know are selling well right now because you've looked at the history over the past three, six, one year or more. You've looked at the price point over the past three, six months or one year or more. You know it's stable in the price or the price is increasing. You know what you can buy it for. You're going in very slow, an inch deep and a mile wide, which means rather than having one product that you're all excited about, you've got 50 or 100 or 500, some of us 2,000, 5,000 different products at any given time that you can go source and buy and sell at a profit. And you're only about an inch deep in, meaning you've only got 10 or 20 or 30 units. Maybe you're not going out and buying 500 units or 1,000 units of anything. It's not necessary. That's risky because you don't know what's going to lose favor in the market at any given time. So why not spread out your risk, take a whole bunch of small safe bets. That's the replens model. And I think it is a beautiful hedge against the inflation that we're seeing, not just in America, but all over the world right now because of the way monetary policy has worked. I am very disappointed with this new wave of monetary policy that says, hey, let's just print money if the government needs something, if the people want something, just print money and you know pass it out, make it happen. No, inflation is what happens when we do that. That's what we're seeing. It's going to get worse. It's here for at least another year or two, in my opinion. Now's the time to build a business. It's not the time to sit on cash. So hopefully that helps you. If you're not in our free Facebook group, we'd sure love to have you come join us. We'd love to have you pop in there and start to learn the strategies that we teach. We are a multiple income streams community, but by far the most exciting business model is the one I just described. I strongly encourage you once you get into our free Facebook group, we just passed about 68,000 members recently. Get in there and watch that free video I just told you about where we talk about how to find replens on, right on Amazon, what simple tools you'll need, how easy this business can be. Don't be intimidated by it. You don't have to go spend thousands or tens of thousands of dollars and try to launch a new product and go through months of waiting on products to be shipped. No, buy stuff online that's selling for more on Amazon. Go to your local store, pull stuff off the shelf that's selling for more on Amazon. Serve well, build a profitable business. Start your business by putting money in the bank instead of spending it on expensive tools and courses and months of training. That's what we do. That's where we start our new sellers. And then, of course, you can expand into all kinds of great areas after that. But God bless you, business building warrior. This is Jim of silentgym.com. Thanks for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. If you don't mind, tell a friend about this. Spread the word. We love when people spread the word by word of mouth and help our audience grow. We don't do any marketing for this community. We will start soon. We keep talking like we're going to do it someday, but it's coming soon. We will actually start putting some money into marketing, but we never have. Not yet. You are our marketing team because you've been telling a lot of people and we see the evidence of it. We keep popping up in the top 10 charts around the world on entrepreneur podcasts around the world. Entrepreneur, uh, Apple, iTunes, they kind of track the ranking for shows. And so many countries, dozens and dozens of countries, even countries where English isn't the prominent language that's spoken, we've been showing up, which is amazing to me. So if you're listening to this show and English isn't your first language, thank you. Thank you, my friend. God bless you for that. We so appreciate that. Maybe someday we'll have the ability to translate this thing into all the languages where all, the, all those great people are. But for now, it's just me and it's just English and I appreciate you very much. But we will have another episode like this one again very soon. I can't wait to talk to you then. Hey, before I go, one last reminder, Payoneer.com, a tremendous sponsor of this show 
You can get 10% off your first fees by going to payoneer.com slash funding. Tell them you came from our program. They're going to take good care of you. Up to $750,000 for Amazon and Walmart sellers. Hey, if you're needing some funding with some good flexible payback terms with no credit check, you're going to love these guys. Go check them out. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.